0: Hey there, everybody. Welcome to Up All Night, and Are You Afraid of the Dark podcast. My name is Cortland, and with me today is the guy that Shandu can do, Brandon. How you doing, Brandon?
1: Hey, Cortland. I'm doing fine. Well, that's good. Glad to hear you're doing fine. It's fine.
0: Everything's fine, Brandon.
1: Everything's (laughs) A-O-fine.
0: So, how you doing this week? Besides fine.
1: Mm, Yeah, I'm doing... Doing okay, that's good. Did you do anything interesting? Nope. God, we never do. <laughs> I know We're the worst. Every week, I'm like, did I do anything interesting? And I struggle, and I'm like, surely I did something of note. But no, I don't think I never. did either. It's okay.
0: I've worked. This will be my 18th day in a row of work. So that's pretty rad.
1: Yeah, that is super rad. I
0: know. I just love going to work. I love the part where I just. Don't spend time with my family and I can just go to work and be a robot. great. That's
1: the dream. Yeah, it's rocking. Living the dream. You know it. Hey, did you get Borderlands 3? Yes, I did. That's awesome. And I played it for like an hour. Like hour total? Yeah. Oh my gosh.
0: Some people would say that you're addicted.
1: Yeah, I pretty much can't stop playing it, <laughs> except I did after an hour. <laughs>
0: That's cool. Is it good? I mean, I...
1: <laughs> All right, here's my here's my hour, <laughs> This is your hot take of an hour. My hour in impressions of the game. Okay, do this it. This is my final verdict. Yep. It seems kind of like more Borderlands. Wow. So that's surprising. Except it runs like total dog shit on console. nuh does it? Oh, it, it may be the worst performing game I've ever played. Wow. Really? I wouldn't expect that. Yeah, it's awful. That's no good.
0: I'm glad I don't have any time for video games anymore. Because <laughs> I would have bought that. I have
1: exactly one hour. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Like, like is it just like choppy or something? Um, It's like if you open a menu, it takes like two seconds to load. And every page you switch takes like oh. a second. My God, and and so frame it's basically a PlayStation just like... 1 game. Yeah, it's like a slideshow, like Lizzie McGuire. Chee, chee, chee. <laughs>
0: Oh, uh, you know what? Side note. Did you know Lizzie McGuire's coming back? No, shit. I
1: swear to God. Hillary Duff is like,
0: I'm on board, guys. Let's do it.
1: So, Whoa, well, if Hill's on board? Yeah. Then I'm okay. But what about Lelaine? Oh, that's a
0: hard one. I don't know. Is she in jail or something right now?
1: <laughs> I don't know. I think she
0: stopped existing. If I could, I mean, spoilers, everybody does. But... <laughs> I don't know. Honestly, Brandon, I feel of the two of us, you would be more apt to search for Lilane than I would.
1: You know what, though? Lizzie McGuire wasn't really my jam. No? I was way more of an even-Stevens gentleman myself. I liked that So Raven because I love (sighs) Raven-Syvone. Yeah, um, I was kinda on the outs with Disney Channel by that time.
0: Oh, look at me. I'm Snooty and Brandon (laughs) and... I was busy. Playing I was all about Beyblade,
1: high-minded Cartoon <laughs> Network.
0: <laughs> I was busy with my ROMs at the time because that's what was cool. ROMs were awesome, though.
1: ROMs are always cool.
0: You know what? I get that feeling though. If I have something for free, like if I have an infinite supply of video games, I'll never know what to play, and I'll never appreciate what I do play. If I buy a game, though, I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm going to play this. I'm going to beat it. I'm going to spend more than an hour on it, Brandon.
1: Um, That's what I used to be like until I got Steam, and now all my Steam games are the same as my giant list of ROMs. Yeah, that's why
0: I don't like Steam. And I
1: just don't care about them. Yep. Don't play them.
0: I mean, aside from the fact that my my laptop is just full of gigabytes upon gigabytes of our voices. <laughs> <laughs> Like, literally.
1: I'm running out of space. (laughs) It's just us talking. (laughs) Your voice is just taking over like weeds. It is.
0: Yes. There's no stopping it, Brandon. Well, we just went through, like, seven different topics. That was exciting. Except for that part where you were like, is Lilayne still alive?
1: Is that even her name? Was I I remembering that right? I think her name is
0: just like Madonna. It's just one word. (sighs) Wow. Yeah, I think, like, The Legend of Zelda comes out today. The remake of of Link's Awakening.
1: I was interested in that because I've never played that one.
0: I really enjoy that game, but, man, I played it so many times already that I don't know if I want to spend money on it
1: again. But what if you could play the exact same game, but it looked a little different?
0: Well, the dungeon
1: builder thing does look interesting, I've heard that it's kind of not very good. Oh. Who'd you hear that from, huh? Uh, A random commenter on a Reddit thread. Oh. And I read that, and I thought, well, that's, you know, that's the bottom line. Well, I mean, at least if you have never played that one, it's
0: a good game, so. And also, it looks really nice.
1: Well, it's a Nintendo game, so I'll wait until it goes on sale for 2% off in five years, and then I'll buy it. I know, right? That's, like, that's what I do, too.
0: Wait for sales.
1: That's why I only play like, 20-year-old games. <laughs> well, that's how my Steam collection got so massive and unplayed.
0: <laughs> uh, Brandon, do you want to get into this episode we just watched? I guess we could. I suppose that is the reason we're even talking. So
1: It is the reason for the season. Oh my god. I season 2, funny. that is. <laughs>
0: oh, both season 3. We're getting closer and closer, Brandon. Only fucking... Another episode, and we're out of the season. Whew. I barely knew ye, season two. I know. All right. So Brandon and I just got done watching season two, episode 12, Tale of the Hatching.
1: I liked this episode. This episode was all right. I felt like this episode, more than any episode I've seen so far, felt like a retread of past themes and things. Even more so than Locker 22? Even more so than Locker 22. Okay. Even more so than Frozen (laughs) Ghost.
0: That was a retelling of the same story that we were already listening to, though, where everybody was just like, ghosts, 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 ghosts. I'm cold. I'm cold. I am cold. Are you cold? I'm cold. I'm a little cold. Well, I'm interested to hear what you have to say about that because I didn't really think of that. Maybe I just didn't notice. I really enjoyed the antagonists. I thought they were, I thought they were lovely, and I really enjoyed the ending, not the ending ending, but like the um, practical effects that they did. The climax. Yeah, yeah, I liked that part. You know what though? When I was a kid and I watched this episode, I hated it. Why? When I was a kid, I did not like oatmeal. I like it today, so that was one of the main reasons. I seen that in this episode, and I was like, "Nope, I don't I still watch don't it.
1: like oatmeal. Never did, never will."
0: <laughs> That's okay. It took me a really long time. There is a lot of foods that I hated as a kid that I
1: don't mind now. Yeah, I am the same way. I hate onions. Like I've onions. grown as a human. To onions eat... are pretty dope, dude. I could eat
0: if if I could I could cut up an onion and saute it in butter, and I w- I could eat that.
1: Are there any foods that you used to really like that you can't eat anymore? Because I have some of those as well.
0: Hmm. I don't know. Let me listen to yours and I'll think more about what I used um, to love.
1: Well, one of my big things when I was a kid was I used to eat mayonnaise sandwiches. And it would just be wow. globs of mayonnaise between bread. <laughs> and I would go to town on that.
0: I don't know if you should admit to this. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Now, the thought of that makes me want to vomit. Uh-huh. Me too. <laughs> also, baloney. I can't do
0: baloney um, anymore. I like baloney still. I just never get it. Nope.
1: Can't do it. That used to be my thing.
0: I really can't think of anything that I used to eat as a kid that I don't like now. Um, I see. I mean, maybe like some candies. I don't think I... I don't like Warheads anymore.
1: Eh. Candies are different. Yeah, you, you, know, you just kinda you just kind of outgrow some candies, like squirt Okay, nobody knows what squirt are. <laughs> Alright, so let's get into
0: this episode. Alright. We've let's been stalling too it. long. It's time to finally do our job. Alright. Alright. Enough of this goofing. Yeah, we've had enough goofs. Too many goofs. Day. Let's get serious for a minute, or like an hour and talk about this episode. The episode begins with David he's sitting around the campfire. He's all alone. He's looking sad. He's breaking apart a stick. He's throwing it into the fire. He's not being very subtle about no. his emotional state. He's like, he's like, <laughs> snap, <laughs> throw it fire. And up walks Gary with Kiki Frank. Betty Ann, and finally Kristen following behind. Just like that one episode when he was playing Follow the Leader. It's just like that. Yeah. Gary says, hey Dave, you did this by yourself? Alright. I think he's
1: only surprised that he didn't have Kristen do it for him.
0: (laughs) I was gonna say like, hey Dave, you're the most useless member of the Midnight Society. You started a fire all by yourself?
1: You did this yourself David? You You didn't even need Kristen
0: to break the sticks? So Kiki's like, what are you, sick? And Frank says that he must want something. Whatever it is, forget it. What does that even mean? That he wants something? I don't know.
1: He wants something, so he made a fire? He's like, let me scratch your back and you guys will scratch mine. I'll
0: take all of your
1: bikes. Like he was going to make a fire and then be like, alright guys, I need a kidney. <laughs> I made this fire for you. <laughs> yeah. But it's not a total loss. I got a story out of this. The tale of the shitty kidney. (laughs) Betty Ann asks him if he's okay,
0: and David's like, I'm fine. But Kristen leans down next to David, and he says, why don't you just tell them? We cut over to Frank. He mocks David, saying, what's the better? Poor David is upset about something. And then it cuts back over to David, who gets up and he says, well, that's why. And we look over at Gary, who looks quite concerned for a moment and asks, well, what's going on? And then Kristen pipes up and says that David's family moved across town and he had to change schools. And we shoot over to Kiki, who says, oh, poor baby doesn't like being a new kid.
1: They're really shitty to him here. Not really a fan.
0: You know, he just lost his bicycle like two weeks ago.
1: (laughs) Seriously, <laughs> Dave's not my favorite Midnight Society member, but come on, they're yeah, they're, they're acting downright, downright Eric at them.
0: Yeah, and you know what? Moving schools at that age, especially, would be really hard. Yeah, I moved to schools a lot. It's not cool. It's not. And then also on top of it, his bike got stolen two weeks ago. Guys, <laughs> look, quit being assholes to him. David walks back over. He's got a bunch of firewood. He dumps it down on the ground, and he gets really—he gets this really serious look on his face, like he wants to rip Kiki's face off. And he says, "If you think it's funny, why don't you try changing schools? You don't know anybody. You get lost. The kids treat you like you're invisible because they already have their own friends. If that means I'm being a baby, then I guess I'm being a baby." It was established in the first episode that they all go to different schools. So it's Mm. not like he has to worry about, you know, leaving Gary behind or whatever. But don't you think that he would go to a school where one of these other kids is in?
1: No, they all go to different schools in different states. That's a lot of schools. Yeah, I don't know where they go to school. I mean, I
0: guess we don't even know where they are in Canada. But even so, there's like, what, five of them? No, there's six of them. So it's like... I mean, statistically speaking, David should be in school with at least one of them.
1: Yeah. Wouldn't that be cool to go from being in school with none of them to being in school with one of them? Bam, you got an instant so. friend.
0: Unless it's Frank or something, and he's like, oh, yeah, let's, let's pick on then, this idiot kid who's got a uniform." Then you're out of luck. <laughs>
1: then you got an instant bully.
0: <laughs> yeah, right. An instant bully who you have to tell stories to every week. <laughs> He's like, hey guys, I got bullied at school by Frank, but at least I got a story out of it. Hey, the keep your lunch the awesome money. Bully. Just give me stories. <laughs> Kristen pats David and tells him it'll get better. And Gary's like, yeah, you'll get used to it. And David stands up, walks over to the storyteller's throne, and he takes a seat. He says, I think fig- <laughs> Oh my God. I said he says, I figure I might as well make the best of this. So I came up with a story.
1: <laughs> that's his thing personal tragedy fuels his stories
0: i uh, yep (laughs) that's david's shtick is that he can only come up with a story if something horrible has happened in his life
1: it's like he didn't have a shtick and eric's thing was you know his grandfather died so he came up with a story but then he died and went away and dave was like i'm gonna borrow your inspiration (laughs) pretty much yeah like eric in
0: this timeline doesn't exist
1: (laughs) somebody's got to come up with stories exactly from tragedy yeah and why not david we go over to gary and he says
0: now we're talking which is really
1: weird of you to say gary
0: (laughs) (laughs) it is so then, David gives us the teaser and he says it's about two kids who have to go to a new school. It's strange for them at first, but what they find out is that the school is far stranger than they could ever imagine. We look over at Kristen as a wolf howls. David clutches that bag of monkey bone powder, tosses some in, and the tale of the hatching begins. So the tale starts with some music that I love this music. It could only be spawned from the 90s. <laughs>
1: I actually like the music in the episode in general. I it was it's, pretty alright. It's noticeable. Like, in most episodes, the music just kind of washes over me, and I don't even really, yes. like, think about it. But the music in this episode definitely I paid attention to.
0: We're shown this small white dog that's sniffing it and licking around a manhole cover in the middle of a street. And it focuses on this dog for, like, ten seconds? And then the manhole cover opens up, the dog... You know, whimpers and it gets scared, cries out, and then it just disappears. So, yeah, that dog's fucking dead.
1: Yeah, that dog's donezo. I thought that was a pretty, <laughs> pretty, like, ominous, interesting way to start the episode. Yes, it really was, wasn't it? Like, most episodes start out just completely benign and then things get weirder and weirder, but this one right away is like, yeah, some shit's going down.
0: <laughs> That's very true. And, you know what, if you like, if you think about it, this episode is pretty dark. Yeah. I mean, oh, it is. Overall. It's
1: silly, but it's
0: dark. It is. I like the silliness. I like the darkness. A car rolls up and through an open gate right next to that manhole. it looks like they're moving into some sort of boarding school setting, I guess. I've never been to or seen a boarding school, but this is just like very stereotypical boarding school.
1: Right. Hogwarts. Got it. Yeah. It's
0: like Harry Potter if it was like shit. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> The Canadian
0: Harry Potter. The car rolls up at parks as David gives us a a voiceover saying that the Blackbrook school was supposed to be one of the best boarding schools around. So when Mr. and Mrs. Wilson had to go away on business, they thought it would be the perfect place to send their kids.
1: Because why not, right? I mean, you gotta dump them somewhere. You can't take your kids with you. No. They'll, like, wanna spend time with you and eat food. It's just too Mm -mm. much. No,
0: no. I don't have time or money for that. Can't do it. Boarding school with you, children. The family all get out of the car, and there's this nerdy looking dad who's like, What do you think? So his extra nerdy son walks over to him and he says, Classic post industrial construction. So this kid is a nerd. hmm. He's got glasses and everything.
1: He kind of looks like Gary. He does look like Gary, yeah. Yeah. Dave's like, He wears glasses, the kind Gary likes. Oh my god. He's like Gary, but way smarter.
0: Mom and the daughter walk over to mom thinks it's a charming little school while the cool sister thinks it's a pit And dad's like, well, okay, I think it's time we go find the tailors and he ushers his family inside.
1: The sister kind of reminded me of Amy from Hungry Hounds.
0: Uh, yeah, me too. And it's funny because my wife was like, is that Kimmy Gibbler? (laughs) We watched it and I was like, no, Kimmy Gibbler would have been older by now. Anyway, the scenery inside of this building, I thought it looked pretty cool. There's a big staircase. There's like a decorative post in the middle of the room. I make it sound boring, but it looks pretty clean and white and cool looking. David's voiceover tells us that Augie and Jasmine had never been to a boarding school, which I mean, who has?
1: I know. It's not just like a thing. No, right? I've never
0: been to a boarding school either. David, are you going to tell a story about me?
1: Not unless you do something bad to him. <laughs>
0: well, Augie and Jasmine, they've never been to a boarding school, and they weren't happy about it. If only they knew what was waiting for them. They never would have stepped inside. And all the while, the family's climbing up the stairs to go to the tailors' office, who is, like, the owner of the boarding school or something. I guess. It's, it's a um, like, a wife and husband combo. Snack pack.
1: They're just the Taylors. The Taylors and the Wilsons. It's basically home improvement. Oh my god.
0: (laughs) It is, yes. In the hallway, Jasmine asks her mom why they can't just go with them. And mom tells her that they've already been through this. We don't want to disrupt school. So Jasmine fires back with, so you're ditching us in this prison? And dad's like, we're not ditching you. This isn't a prison. It's a very well-known, highly respected but then he's cut off by the sound of a girl screaming, and Dad's like, Oh my god, what was that? The family runs out of the hallway to find out who's doing all that screaming.
1: The parents ditch them to find out who was screaming.
0: <laughs> they do,
1: yeah. They hear a scream, and they immediately run off and abandon their kids.
0: I loved the Dad's reaction. He's like, Oh my heavenly Christ, what was that? <laughs>
1: I mean, it is a bit off-putting to hear a scream, but yeah. He's like, oh, Super Dad, here to help.
0: Oh, <laughs> uh, these parents are weird. They are. They ma- Thankfully, they're not in the episode much longer. They make their way to another hallway, and they hear another scream. They open up a door to what looks like an infirmary, is what I thought, for the school. Mm-hmm. A girl's in a bed, and Mom and Dad run up to her, asking her what's the matter. Mom tries to calm her down. The girl asks who these people fucking are. And mom's like, we're parents. And the dad
1: nods. (laughs) I love that. It's like, calm (laughs) down. We're parents. Look at our badges. (laughs) Like, we've done this before. Jasmine screams (laughs) in her sleep all the time.
0: We're parents. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) They ask if she's okay. And she... She says that she was just having a nightmare. And then finally, in walk Jasmine and Augie. And Jasmine's like, a nightmare in the day? Like, yeah, she was taking a fucking nap, Jasmine. What are you talking about?
1: That happens. <sighs> happens when you go to sleep. Sometimes you have nightmares. Especially,
0: oh my God, I bet you Sean was tapping away at his fucking dream machine. <laughs>
1: God damn it. God, it's always Sean. Everything is Sean. He's the worst. He's like, and then David had to switch schools. And then I stole David's bike. (laughs) (laughs) What an asshole. Oh, he's the worst.
0: Jasmine takes off her sunglasses and behind the kids walks in two other adults, a man and a woman. And the woman's like, Marie, I knew we shouldn't have left you alone in here. Poor dear. And she walks over to Marie, who's the girl that just had the nightmare. And she checks her head as she says hello to the Wilsons. And dad tells this woman that the girl was having a nightmare. And the man who enters the room tells them that Marie's been running a fever. She should be in the infirmary, which is where she's at, right?
1: That's what I it's thought. A bunch of
0: like sick beds. It's the hospital wing of Harry Potter, is where they're at right now.
1: Maybe this is the infirmary waiting room.
0: They... I don't know. It's a <laughs> lot of beds. <laughs> Kids get yeah. sick here all the time.
1: It's an infirmary. This place.
0: Augie gets brainy again, and he's like, Delusionary dreams are often caused by elevated temperatures. Nobody
1: asked, Augie. Yeah.
0: Well, the guy's like, Oh, you must be Augie. <laughs> he shakes his <laughs> we hand. He
1: heard about an annoying young boy coming <laughs> to the school.
0: Spitballing facts for nobody in particular. The tailors welcome Augie and Jasmine to Blackbrook. You know what? I didn't write anything down about how to describe the Taylors.
1: Um Mr. Taylor is an old man. It's like Mrs. Age. Taylor is less old but yeah. older.
0: She's got old lady hair though. Yes. They kind of remind me of like the neighbors in a sitcom that are like kind of goofy, a bit stupid, I don't know. Like Ned Flanders almost.
1: Ned Flanders is not stupid. You I know take he's not stupid,
0: back. but like they, they kind of act like they're goody two shoes like that a little bit.
1: Mm.
0: Yes, Brandon. Is your approval there? I have nothing more to add. Okay. Then I'm not going to edit that out And they're goody two shoes.
1: <laughs> yes, they are a bit goody two shoes. You're right.
0: Marie sitting down. She's, she's still saying it was just a dream, but the, the woman, Miss Taylor bundles her up in a coat and says they aren't going to take any more chances off to the infirmary. The two girls leave the room, and we look up at a speaker on the wall that gives off horrible buzzing noise.
1: Yeah, it's not pleasant.
0: Not at all. And it plays like, uh... Less times than that ghost boy was cold, but... More times
1: than the dog whistle from Full Moon.
0: Yeah. Jasmine asks what the fuck that is, and the man, who's Mr. Taylor, tells her it signifies class changes, and then he asks if they'd all like to meet up in his office. The family leaves the room and Augie stays behind to look at stuff. He plays with a globe on the desk, like a really small one, and he spins it with his finger and that transitions the scene into the Taylors' office, into a much larger globe that's being spun by Augie again, and Mr. Taylor closes the door to his office and tells the fam that some call us old-fashioned and they're right, but at Blackbrook, we believe an orderly environment is essential to the learning process. As he finishes, the buzzing goes off again, which Jasmine asks about. Mr. Taylor tells her that it's the tone system and that it signifies the end of classes, meal times, wake-up calls, and, and just about everything. It's weird and
1: also stupid. Yeah, it doesn't sound like a good system. No, because as
0: far as I know, all the tones are that they play out of the speaker are the same, so there's no differentiating between end of class, start of class, meal time, sleep time, wake up time. Mm-hmm. Who knows what the fuck is going on? They're just
1: on. all like, It's all just like, boom.
0: We're going to grab a clip of it because we want you to suffer. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that should be our tagline.
0: <laughs> yeah. We just want all of you to suffer. Just as we have. Augie uh, asks, or I guess comments on that it's a, Different frequency for different events?
1: And Mr. Taylor's like, exactly. Oh, Augie looks so pleased with himself.
0: He does. Augie gives a little good boy smile.
1: <laughs> He's like, I did it. He's like, yes, different frequencies. I'm smart.
0: Mr. Taylor continues saying that the tones are soothing, which they're not. No, not at all. And that it's better than the jingling bells in most schools. It's not. No, it's the worst. We cut to Jasmine, who tells Augie he's probably adopted.
1: Well, does she have his genes? Okay, have
0: you seen the dad? Like, have you seen your dad, Jasmine? They are like, I think that the dad cloned himself, and that's how Augie was born. They look (laughs) well. The the
1: dad would have to be pretty smart to clone himself, so that explains Augie's intelligence.
0: There we go. The backstory behind Augie has officially been. I don't know. Debunked. I don't even fucking know. Anyway, <laughs> Mr. Taylor's about to continue with something, but a watch alarm starts beeping, and Mr.
1: Taylor grabs his head and he covers if his ears can. and he's screaming. Ah, ah, ah. Oh my god! Oh my he god. is. It is fucking insane.
0: I love it. Oh my. God.
1: I I thought the acting was actually really good.
0: I thought it I was hilarious. I believed that this
1: man was being tortured by. <laughs> A watch alarm.
0: He's like, ah, ah, my
1: brain. I was like, oh, God, somebody help him. <laughs> well, the family look at each other for a second
0: or two, and then Mom and Dad just leap into action. They race over to see if he's okay, and Augie tries to, like, silence his watch alarm.
1: These are very empathetic parents.
0: It was funny because they're sitting in their chair. Dad's got his legs crossed, and, and they just, like, look at each other. And then they jump up and they run over to this guy because he's like,
1: ah, 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 "Ouch! Ah Oh, God, it's killing me.
0: <sighs> Mr. Taylor screams some more, but he recovers quickly after the alarm stops. He tells the parents that he suffers from migraines, but he'll be okay. I wouldn't buy it. I mean, I guess it's a feasible thing if you just ignore the fact that Augie's watch was beeping, right?
1: The timing is... He's just like, okay, family, and now we're gonna. Ah, ah, ah. <laughs> and now we'll just beep beep. Ah! <laughs> oh, it's just a migraine. Let's just a migraine. Let's just continue on like nothing insane <laughs> happened.
0: <laughs> oh my God. The kids look at each other for a really long time, and then the scene shifts. And the kids are walking down a hallway. Jasmine's telling Augie that she doesn't want to stay here. And Augie's like, We don't have a choice. But Jasmine says that, Yes, they do. Why do you always just give up without a fight? But they don't have a fucking choice. Like, you're not adults.
1: I mean, they can just, like, run away.
0: Oh, yeah, I guess they could do that. That's not a very good thing to always show on a TV show.
1: <laughs> well, that's why they don't do it.
0: All right. <laughs> Fair enough. Augie tells her that things happen for a reason, and he understands that. And then Jasmine brings up uh, Mr. Taylor and his migraine and asks if one of those tones told him to freak out. And Augie tells her no, he had a headache. And she starts complaining about her brain exploding, if if they stay there any longer. And then Augie grabs her shoulders and says, Look, Jazz, you can get crazy and make a big stink like you do, or like you always do, but it's not going to change things. If Mom and Dad could take us with them, they would, but they can't, so get over it. And Jasmine tells him she's never been away from home and Augie's like Auggie's like, it's only for six months. That's
1: so fucking long.
0: <laughs> My wife was like, but what?
1: That's like a tenth of their entire life
0: at that point. <laughs> I was like, I was like two weeks maybe? It was six months? What?
1: Seriously. Where are these parents going? I thought it was, like, two weeks or something. I know. I was like, yeah, that sure would be shit to stay there for two weeks.
0: Oh, uh, that'd be the worst. <laughs> Nothing could be worse Six than that. Six
1: months. <laughs> oh,
0: God. He tells her they gotta do it for Mom and Dad, and Jasmine talks some more shit for a second, and then the scene changes. And now we're outside, and Jasmine and Augie have on their school uniforms. Jasmine's like, it's official. I'm a geek.
1: I mean, the whole point of school uniforms is that, like, everybody's wearing the same thing. So, <laughs> yeah, either everybody's a geek or nobody's a geek. Yes.
0: Exactly. I actually don't mind. I never had to wear a school uniform, but I wouldn't have minded it. Because, I mean, that's a good thing for people that, like, don't have any money or whatever and can't buy new clothes and stuff. So, everybody just looks the same and nobody should be bullied. It's the idea. Mom walks up and tells her kids how much she's going to miss them. She's going to talk to them once a week. And then zippity zoppity zoop they're out of there to abandon their kids for six months.
1: Yep, and that's the last we see of them. It is.
0: Yeah, they say that they're gonna um, they're they're gonna visit in a month, but they we we'll never see them again. No. Jasmine says she's gonna get depressed as the buzzer fucking shit plays again, and Augie says, "I think that means it's dinner." And then Jasmine busts out her best robot, and she's like, "Beep boop, beep whilst <laughs> I, I like says, it. My programming tells me you are correct. Beep, boop, I will follow. And then she does the robot back into the school. And she's a self-fulfilled prophecy because that is the geekiest thing I've ever fucking seen. All these new people are getting their first impression. And she's like, beep, boop, beep. Yeah, my programming.
1: They're like, who the fuck is this geek? Exactly. Augie, you're clearly the cool one.
0: (laughs) Exactly, yes.
1: It's a pretty sick ass robot impression, though.
0: It was pretty dope, yeah. I liked it. Good one, Jazz. Hey there, everybody. Cortland here, your good buddy and your boarding school dropout. Thank you so much for listening to the show and our episode covering the tale of the hatching. Our season two giveaway is still going strong. Have you entered to win yet? There's a total of three ways to enter in, so be sure to maximize your chances. First, check our Twitter, at PRVTIsland, and comment on our pinned post, Your Favorite Scary Movie, and tag a friend. That'll enter you in. After that, head over to our Instagram page, at Private Island Presents, and find our giveaway post. Once there, let us know your favorite scary video game or book. Tag a friend, and you're entered in to win. While you're visiting, you can follow us for fun and hilarious gifts, posts, pictures, and more. The third way to enter is from our Patreon. All current and future patrons will automatically get a third bonus entry in to win. You can become a patron at patreon.com slash private island. Being a patron will help support the show so we can improve things like our microphones, editing software, external storage devices, and more. All donations to the show go right back into it. I'd like to take a moment and thank all of our patrons. Our golden Bostics, Michael, Bryce, and Kathy; our silver Goth Brett, and our newest patron, the bronze Beth Angela. Thank you so much for your support, everyone. We sincerely appreciate it. If you've become a patron now, you'll have instant access to early uploaded episodes. A sticker will be sent to you, and you'll have exclusive access to bonus episodes such as more book readings. So, for the season two DVD giveaway, there's a total of three ways to enter one each from Twitter, Instagram, and Patreon. The contest ends, and the winner will be randomly selected from all entries on Monday, October 28th, just in time for Halloween and our Season 2 wrap-up episode to go live, so enter in while you can. Do you have any questions or concerns? I'm always happy to talk through email. That's privateislandpresents at gmail.com. If you're liking the show, be sure to tell somebody about it, because everyone wins with Are You Afraid That Ark? You can also give us a 5-star review on Apple Podcast. I've been working hard to get all of our episodes uploaded to YouTube, so if you have a moment, please like and subscribe. Our YouTube channel is Private Island, two words this time, and I would love to generate some buzz through that channel. You can find a link to our YouTube, Patreon merch store, and more through the Linktree link in the episode description. There's also a link to the Podcast Junkie Discord server. As always, I'd like to thank the Benevolent Badger for his work on the music for our podcast, aside from this theme from Toby Fox. I'd also like to thank Brandon for the artwork. Thank you again, everyone, for listening. For now, I'll let you get back to the show, and I'll talk to you later this week for a special bonus episode. Bye, you guys! We shift scenes to the cafeteria where this big old bowl is being passed around to all the kids. It gets to Jasmine, and she's like, what the fuck is this? Some kid across from her- What the fuck is it? Ugh, it's disgusting is what it is. Some kid across from her tells her it's-
1: Sponge. And they're like- Sponge? Like what, you clean? And he's like- No, sponge with a U. It's great, try it.
0: Sponge with a U? That explains nothing.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I was like, is that a thing? Is that some, like, Danish traditional slop? Never heard of it. Me either. But it looks disgusting. So
0: is it spelled
1: S-P-U-N-G-E? I, I guess. He wasn't clear on the rest of the spelling. We just know there's a U in there somewhere. I
0: don't understand how telling her that it's spelled with a U just
1: makes any fucking sense. It's like, sense, but... uh, no, there's a U in it. It's delicious. <laughs> none of that disgusting oh bullshit
0: (laughs) yeah right right the kids look at this bowl and there's just this pure white almost oatmeal looking garbage in it Jasmine says no thanks as Augie spoons it around and he's like it's some sort of grain meal like grits and it looks like I don't even know like, like plaster glue it's fucking gross
1: it doesn't look good. That's what made me hate this episode as a kid. <laughs> <laughs> but the heroes thought the same thing as you. How have no, none of these other
0: children been like, I'm not eating this shit. Because the school has a good amount of kids in this cafeteria right now.
1: Look, they all probably started out saying, I'm not going to eat this disgusting gruel. But then they try it one night because they're hungry and then they're addicted to it. I guess so. They could have just like had it so that this was the only food. That's true. Sponge for breakfast, sponge for lunch, sponge for dinner. Yep, exactly. That would have solved all of their problems.
0: Spoilers. The kid across the table says, It doesn't look so hot, but it's good. <laughs> we get it for dessert every night. And Augie says he's going to pass as well. And that stupid speaker buzzes in another fucking annoying tone. And the kids tell him, He'll show them where to put their plates. And Jasmine complains about the buzzer again. The two walk away. And then some motherfucking kid with a goddamn bowl cut runs over to that bowl of sponge. He dips his two fingers into it. And he puts that shit in his mouth. And he ugh, smiles. Disgusting. And runs away.
1: I was going to eat sponge. But now that he put his fingers in it. just. That kid ugh. was
0: like dipping his fingers in it. And he put it in his mouth. And he's like. Mm. 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 Sponge. Sponge. and then he smiles in the camera and he runs away oh hated it i hate that kid <laughs> i hope he gets eaten the next scene shows us the main entryway to the school where the kids first walked up into the stairs we get a voiceover from david saying that you know all the other kids they were pretty cool they seemed like they seemed to like the place so augie and jasmine decided to kick back and try and fit in but still, there was something just a little off about the Blackbrook, like some very strange rules. So David's telling the story, and he's like, yeah, these kids had to go to a new school, and you know what? They loved it. All the kids were cool, <laughs> and they were going to fit in. So then why don't you just do that, David? Yeah, seriously. Instead of getting, like, depression over it. They
1: made new friends easily. <laughs> Everything went well. All
0: the kids were cool. They were accepting. Jasmine did that bomb-ass robot. Yeah, and then robot. they
1: realized that... <laughs> Being upset was just a waste of time, and their stories were stupid. Yes. David should take his own fucking advice. Jesus, David. Maybe he's just coming up with an ideal situation. This is what he would want to happen. That would make sense, yeah. All right.
0: So uh, the kid, there's this kid that's walking, and he's got some sort of electronic device in his hands. It's not quite a Game Boy... But it's still, like, beeping and booping and whatnot. And and up runs Mr. Taylor. You get the
1: idea. It's a game.
0: It's like, I don't know. It's probably one of those crappy handheld, like, 1970s electronic toys or something.
1: Tiger Electronics? Yeah. But
0: Mr. Taylor starts running up to this kid. He's, like, yelling at him. He's like, like, Willie! Willie, what the fuck? We've talked about (laughs) this before, young man. And he holds out his hand. And Willie gives over that odd device. And Mr. Taylor pats the kid on the back he says no sad faces we'll just remember next time won't we and then the camera moves over to augie and then like it just pans over he's sitting on the stairs he closes the his book that he was reading and he and he runs up the stairs it's trying to tell us that mr taylor doesn't like beeps and
1: boops yeah i think we established that from the fact that he went absolutely insane <laughs> from just beep 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 yeah. ah, oh, oh my god ah. <gasps>
0: The scene switches to a bedroom and Augie's got this sweet Walkman music player and a kid who I think his name is Kit. Yes. He walks over and he grabs it from him saying, what are you nuts? Don't let anyone see you with this. And Augie tells him he's not bothering anybody, but the kid's like, it doesn't matter. You're not allowed to listen to music on school grounds.
1: Are you fucking insane (laughs) trying to have
0: fun? (laughs) God damn it. This is, um, at this point my wife was like,
1: this is the story of Footloose. (laughs) (laughs)
0: I was like, I've never seen Footloose, so... If it is, awesome.
1: Pretty much.
0: Augie wants to know why, and the kid tells him that it's it's the rules. That's what the tailors say. It interrupts the learning process or some bullshit. Says it's bogus, but they're pretty strict about it. If you're gonna listen, you gotta be cool about it. And Augie looks around, and then he hides
1: that shit under his pillow. What does be cool about it mean? Does it just mean wear headphones? Because that's what you should do anyway. He had headphones right there. Well, then what's the problem?
0: I don't even know, man. Like, the next scene, we switch to the dining room again, and there's that big bowl of sponge. It's making its way around, uh, around the table to our two heroes. Jasmine doesn't even look at that shit. Augie goes to grab a spoonful to put it in his bowl, but Jasmine gives him a look that says, if you eat that, I'm going to smother your little face with a pillow. So he decides against it, and he passes the bowl of sponge on. And we get another voiceover from David that says, After a couple of weeks, they got used to the rules and even started to like the place.
1: They're at the school for a couple of weeks now, and they're still eating lunch together every night. They don't have any other friends, no. I mean, come on. All the other kids are pretty cool. Surely they'd have met someone by now.
0: I mean, they did, kind of. Jasmine's got Marie, and Augie's got Kit, but even so, you like... Yeah. Number one way to be a geek a at little. a new
1: school is hang out with your little sister or big brother all the time. Good point,
0: yeah. The scene switches, it's nighttime now, in the bedroom. And David tells us, then one night, this took a strange turn. And in the bedroom, the kids start getting out of their beds in a trance. And, and we're in the girls' bedroom, so Jasmine looks around to see all the girls just walking away. She asks Marie what's going on, but Marie doesn't answer, so Jasmine puts on her shoes, and she just kind of walks with the kids. I thought
1: we were finally getting our z- zombie story. Ah, oh, poor baby. We are not getting a zombie story. Not this time. No. They're all walking
0: downstairs, and they meet up with the boys of the school who are also all walking in a daze, and then she she finds Augie, and she tells him to wake up, um, but he is awake, and he grabs her, and then they walk to the side of these kids and they start talking and Jasmine tells him uh, not to scare her like that. And they wonder what's going on. And Augie tells us exactly what we watched happen in the fucking girl's bedroom where all the boys got up and were in a daze and he thinks that they should go get some help. But Jasmine's like, no, let's find out where they're all going. Good idea. It's the perfect idea. Get help. Nah, let's see where these kids are going. During all this walk-in, we get treated to some really nice atmospheric music that sets the mood. It's weird music. It is. I like it, though. It's, like, tense. It was noteworthy, because I have it in my notes. All right.
1: mm, me too.
0: As they're following the kids, Augie pleads with Jazz to stop because he doesn't want to go get in trouble, which, of course, Jazz doesn't want to hear about, so they continue on down and down and down into the school with lots and lots of Dutch angles everywhere.
1: Oh, yeah. Dutch
0: Angle's like a motherfucker. Basically, the rest of this episode is shot crooked. The kids finally make their way down to some sort of watery area of the school. Um, I don't know how to really explain this. It looks like something out of, like, the sewers in
1: Resident Evil 2 or something. I don't know. I mean, I'm gonna say this probably a lot, but it looks exactly like underneath the school in Sorcerer's Apprentice.
0: Yes, it does. Pipes everywhere. Pretty much
1: exactly the way I described that. And even the green light Oh, yeah, the green light is there. And the Dutch angles.
0: Maybe the person that um, directed this one directed Sorcerer's Apprentice or something.
1: It's very similar. And that's kind of what I meant at the beginning when I said it's really like... Like other episodes. Kind of retreading what we've already seen.
0: Yeah, I can see that too. Anyway... They, they get down to, like, this watery area of the school. They they step down some ladders. Other kids are manning some controls of some sort. Um, Augie's like, fascinating. Some sort of containment system for water. And we get a look at the kids that went down the, the ladders, and they're spooning. They got these wooden spoons in their hands, and they're at the edge of the water, and they're spooning sugar into the water. Is that what it was? It, I don't know what else it could be. It was like white powdery stuff. It was cocaine.
1: Monkey bone dust? I don't know.
0: Monkey bone dust? Yeah, they're sprinkling monkey bone dust into the water that just has a bunch of eggs in it. Like, why? I, I have no idea, though. I, I, could, I don't know.
1: I don't know. What's that doing I to the eggs? I don't It's
0: weird. Augie tells Jasmine that this is all wrong, and they need to go get the authorities. But Jasmine's like, don't be such a chicken, and walks away from him. Augie looks concerned for just a moment and then follows jazz who runs up to that kid that they were talking to earlier about how, how fucking dope sponges his name's kit. He's not responding to her at all. So Augie walks up, looks at the computer or whatever. And, and he's like, wow, this shit's awesome. We follow jazz who goes down the ladder to the water area and Marie's down there. Jazz can't break her trance. Even after asking her what the fuck she's doing behind her is Augie who scares her. And and they talk about what the fuck's going on. They make their way down the hallway a bit and Jasmine reaches down and picks up one of the eggs in the water as Augie tells her not to do it. But she's like, it's an egg. How do you know? I mean, it looks very egg-like. It's basically like a I mean, giant it's, dinosaur it's egg. it's
1: egg-ish, but I mean, in that situation, I wouldn't know what the hell's going on. That's
0: true. These are like classic dinosaur-looking eggs. Yeah. But we don't know what the fuck's going on. And then, oh, m- fuck, Mr. and Mrs. Taylor are fucking walking in the room. And, uh? Yeah, they look really happy. And Mr. Taylor's like, excellent.
1: <laughs> Come on, Mr. Taylor. <laughs> You're better than that. He's not. <laughs> no, he really isn't. The kids look up, they see him, and then we get a commercial break for
0: just a moment. And then, back from commercial, the Taylors are walking around at their, as their hypnotized students, and they're all happy. And they look down over the railing, and they see Jazz and Augie. They're acting like they're hypnotized, too, and they're spreading that sugar in the water. And the Taylors talk about how happy they are that the new kids are fitting right in, and that Miss Taylor was worried that they weren't eating their sponge. But Mr. Taylor's like, they always eat it, because it's just too good to resist. And they laugh about it before walking away. And Jasmine's like, okay, come on. And the two kids get back up the ladder. They follow the Taylors back upstairs into their office. And on the way, Augie asks if they can call the police. But Jasmine's like, nah, I want to find out what's going on first. Call the fucking police, kids.
1: Seriously. Just lead them down there and that would be enough to go, yeah, this is. Something's going on here. This is a little weird. Every child is being drugged. And then the cops would eat the sponge and boom, they're part of it. <laughs> oh, God.
0: Like, spoilers, the moral of the story, if you get, if your gut tells you to call the police, you should call the police. Just do it. Especially if everybody around you is just in a hypnotized daze and you can't break them. Like, call the police. Yeah. In the Taylor's office, the the two grab a set of keys and they open up a secret cabinet. As Miss Taylor says that their work is finally going to pay off, the incubation is nearly complete. So if an incubation is nearly complete, Don't you think that these kids would have already gotten up at some point to take care of these eggs? That's what the sugar is for. Just, like, nourishes them for a few weeks or something? I
1: guess. I don't know. Isn't the point of an egg that they, like, have food in there? Yeah. Does the egg just absorb sugar? That must be what it is.
0: (sighs) (laughs) Well, anyway, Mrs. Taylor takes out this gigantic fucking martini glass, filled with sand or dirt or something? (laughs) It's like slop. The two take a spoonful of it and they eat it for some reason. Mr. Taylor says it won't be much longer now. Mrs. Taylor tells him that the master is pleased. She's been patient for these last 100 years. Mrs. Taylor puts that huge martini glass back into the cabinet. This is so Sorcerer's Apprentice. She grabs two smaller glasses and then she grabs some green goo. While this is going on, Mr. Taylor's talking about how their patients will be rewarded and that they can shed these infernal—I don't know what he says—human skins. Maybe we look at Mr. Taylor, his arm and wrist area, and he's scratching at the skin underneath it, underneath his human suit, which is just like spiky and green. And I thought it looked really cool. It's like alligator yeah, it's skin like or something. Alligator
1: skin, yeah, it was
0: awesome. Mrs. Taylor's got that green slime cocktail. Good to go. The two have a toast. They just had a drink. Well, I think that they ate, like, some sand or something, and now they're thirsty. Okay. So the two have a toast to their troubled past and their glorious future, and they clink their glass. They're like, to the master! And then they drink up on that fucking classic Nickelodeon green slime. <laughs> the kids in the hallway, you know, uh, Augie and Jazz have been watching this whole thing. They, they see that shit. They look horrified, like they're fucking going to puke, and they run away. Jazz's face is really funny. She's like, she's like, and she runs away in the dorm room. Jasmine's like, did you see that shit? And Augie's like, this can't be real. Jasmine tells him that once those eggs hatch, this place is going to be crawling with those things. And Augie wonders if they're aliens, but Jasmine doesn't really give a fuck. They just got to get out of there. They got to tell somebody. And then Augie freaks out and he says, we can't, they'll catch us. And he hops in his bed and he starts to cover up, but it's like, dude, You're the one that wanted to call the authorities in the first place, so just do it. Well, now
1: his plan is to just lay down and go to sleep.
0: did not make any sense. This whole time he's like, Jazz, let's just call the police. Come on, Jazz, let's just call the police. And then she's like, all right, we should call the police. And he's like, no, I'm too scared. We're going to get caught. (laughs) What are you talking about?
1: I mean, the police probably would think it's a prank.
0: Yeah, what kind of sane, rational human being wouldn't,
1: but... Although you could just be like, yo, they're abusing us here at the school. And you could investigate. Exactly. And then Good be point. like, oh, yes. they're zombies. Okay. <laughs> well, Jasmine grabs him and he says, look,
0: all you ever do is follow the rules. Well, the rules just fell out the window, pal. You talked me into staying here, which he didn't. And now you're going to no, get No, she had to. She, she had to stay there. You should be blaming your parents, not Augie. They b- abandoned you. She says that she's going to go get dressed. You get a grip. Augie sits up in bed, he pats his robe, because he's wearing a robe, and then slowly looks up at the speaker on the wall, where that horrible and annoying buzzing tone plays out of, and it looks like he's hatched a plan. The scene shifts, Augie's dressed in normal clothes now, and he's headed down the hall to go pick up Jasmine. He knocks on the door and says, girl, I got a plan, but the door opens up, and he screams because Mrs. Taylor walks out, and she's she's got Jasmine in a sleeper hold, (laughs) and she's like, you children have been naughty. You should have eaten your sponge like all the others. And Augie tells her, she's a monster. And she laughs in response. And She's like, me? You haven't seen anything yet. And then Jasmine bites down on her hand, which was covering her mouth. And Miss Taylor releases her. And she runs over to her brother. The two run away. And we get a good look at Mrs. Taylor's hands. And the effects here were pretty cool. Like, it was kind of gross. There was this bite mark on her finger. And you could see, like, the green scaly skin underneath it.
1: Yeah. I liked it. So their skin suits must not be that strong. Yeah, seriously. They get a scratch and like their green scale lizard skin just shows underneath. <laughs> like they better be damn careful.
0: I know. They better not catch on any jutting nails or anything because then story's over. Mom and dad are going to see that. They're going to be like, wait a second. You're, you're lizard people. Yeah.
1: <laughs> All right, we'll be back in four months now.
0: (laughs) The kids run down the stairs, and they meet Mr. Taylor in the hallway, who slowly walks up to them and is saying, You can't leave now. The excitement's just begun. And the kids turn around, and they run as he laughs.
1: (laughs) And he makes no attempt to catch them.
0: Not at all. He just walks nonchalantly towards
1: them. And he's like...
0: (laughs) (laughs) These people are not menacing people. They're goofy more than menacing.
1: Yeah. Not really like a
0: credible threat. No. It was it was a little odd, but I kind of liked it because I liked the goofiness. So down more stairs they go, and they make their way back to that watery room. And Argy tries to stop Jasmine saying, saying no, that's, that's back the way with the eggs. So the kids run in another direction, and they go down even more stairs. And I'm like, damn, who built all these fucking basements? But whatever. They look around for a moment before going down another corridor, and Jasmine doesn't like this, and we're showing their feet, and they're walking by a bunch of trash on the ground, just some, like, old things everywhere. I didn't really notice if there's any rhyme or reason to what was down there, though. I'm thinking that it was the remains of other people. Yeah, I think that's
1: the implication. Okay.
0: Like, I didn't see any bones or anything, but I think it was, like, shirts and shoes and yeah, stuff like people that. people
1: have been here before.
0: Yeah. It's kind of creepy.
1: Augie's like, it's okay.
0: They'll think we escaped. And the kids stop as they hear a loud roaring noise in front of them. And Augie tells Jazz it's probably just the pipes. A light turns on. And the kids turn around. And behind them is Mr. and Mrs. Taylor. They've locked a gate behind the kids. And they tell them that they should have eaten their sponge. And that they can't let them out now and go so that they can go and tell their secrets. The kids back up some more. And Augie asks, asks what are you? Mr. Taylor pipes up saying that they're the last of a race that was doomed to extinction until now. Mrs. Taylor lets them know that they've been nurturing the eggs for ages. Soon they'll hatch, and once again, we can populate the earth. And Jasmine dedu- deduces that they used the kids to care for the eggs. Mr. Taylor's like, it's genius, don't you think? It's ironic.
1: Hmm. <laughs> Why does everybody use schoolchildren for all their plans?
0: Because schoolchildren are dumb, and they'll eat whatever you put in front of them.
1: I mean, you could probably just pay some people to throw sugar on some eggs and they wouldn't ask questions.
0: Yeah, but they're a race of meat eaters, you know, all kinds of meat. And Mrs. Taylor nods and Mr. Taylor continues saying that once the eggs have hatched, the children will serve another purpose because the young ones are going to be very. Yeah, but if you
1: pay adults, then they can eat the adults and there's more meat.
0: Yeah, but, I mean, I guess you could just tell, not tell them that they're going to get eaten, but...
1: I assume that's
0: not part of the plan. Like, we're going to pay you to sugar these eggs, but we're not going to tell you you're going to get eaten afterwards. (laughs) (laughs) It's a solid plan, yeah. You're right. You know what's weird, though? This is a school, and there are no other teachers. Where's Miss Crenshaw? There's
1: no teachers at all. Uh
0: Uh-uh. I don't even think that these people teach anything like the tones go off for other classes, but there's no teachers. And Mr. And Mrs. Taylor can only be in one spot at a time.
1: Yeah. We know that they have dinner and some sort of recess and sleeping. Yep. It just doesn't make
0: any sense. Well, Mr. And Mrs. Taylor, they laugh as another loud growling noise comes from down the hallway. And then the kids turn around to look and Jasmine tells Augie that they're trapped. Mr. Taylor tells the kids that very few children have caused a problem the way that you two have. But when they do, they always end up down here. Mrs. Taylor tells them that they're very lucky that they get to meet the mother. And more more growls sound from down the hallway and a bunch of fog appears. Mr. Taylor tells them that they've stumbled upon the lair of their master. And he laughs because she hasn't eaten in days. The kids back up a little as Mr. and Mrs. Taylor laugh a whole bunch more. And then Augie looks down at his backpack and he's that he's got on, and, and he leans down and he starts taking some shit out of it. And Jazz asks what he's doing, and he's getting out of sp- the speaker from the wall. He, like, took it down from the wall. He, he took that with him. He's got the speaker, he's got his Walkman, and then down mm-hmm. the hallway, this gigantic, like, dragging-looking monster is making its way towards the kids.
1: Yeah, I guess that's how you'd describe it.
0: It's probably one of the cooler monsters. Like, you could tell it's all, like, practical.
1: I mean, obviously, but... Yeah. It's like a motorized dragon puppet. It kind of looks
0: like the dragon from Laughing in the Dark, but bigger.
1: I mean, yeah. It's like on a little scooter pushed down a hallway with smoke, but... It's cool. It's cool. I would. I'm glad they showed it instead of just. Oh yeah, right. Saying, "Oh, mother's coming," and then you see some smoke, and then it's like, uh, uh. "Yeah,
0: that would have been lame as fuck." I would. I would have not liked the episode at all if they would have copped out like that. That would have been stupid. Like if I had to describe this dragon, I would. I would call it like a swamp dragon.
1: That's what it looks like to me. Sure, swamp dragon. Yeah. Basement dragon. <laughs>
0: Augie puts a tape into his Walkman and Mr. and Mrs. Taylor realize what the what he's doing and they try to fumble with their keys as Augie puts the tape in. The dragon roars a bit and he, he looks dope as fuck and the Taylors unlock the gate. They run in to stop the children, but it's too late. Jasmine's got the speaker in her hands and Augie starts playing the music and some screeching rock music starts blaring out of the speaker. It's just
1: more generic guitar solo shit like dark music. It is.
0: It's just
1: It sucks Well it sucks so bad But apparently it rocks hard enough
0: (laughs) Uh, The dragon and the tailors Fucking hate it It stops them dead in their tracks And they're all screaming in agony (laughs) I loved the Mrs. Taylor she's like
1: (laughs) Oh my god I loved it
0: And Jasmine tells Augie to crank that shit up to 11. So he does. And giant dragon just fucking explodes. Goddamn dragon goo everywhere. It was amazing.
1: It just popped into green slime. Which is very on brand for Nickelodeon. Yep. Kind of like the green slime that they were drinking earlier. So were they drinking blood?
0: I don't understand that scene whatsoever. What was the point of that? to show their alien things. I don't know. They could just show us the skin. Like I can see that he's got fucking crocodile skin and be like, oh okay, yep. He's not he's not a human.
1: Yeah, he's not people. He doesn't need to eat dirt and drink goo. That is more alien though. The kids fall backwards
0: and they're absolutely covered in dragon guts and they're fucking filthy. Jasmine gets up and congratulates Augie because he did it and she realizes she's filthy and she's like, oh the shit better not stain. And Augie looks back and says, the tailors. So the kids get up, and all that's left of of the tailors is their clothing and their shoes. That's cool.
1: (laughs) Yeah. It's it's like they got raptured, okay? (laughs) (laughs) The enemies of the episode literally fucking exploded. Like, Yeah, they exploded. We have not seen anything like that so far.
0: No. You know what? I was kind of getting worried about the kill count for season two, but... Thanks to this episode, we got some. I mean, if you count eggs. I count dogs. Jasmine picks up a shoe and says, it's gross, but how did you know? And Augie tells her that the tailors couldn't handle high-frequency sounds, like wasn't when his watch went off, or how no one could play music in the school. It just fit.
1: I mean, it was pretty fucking obvious. Like, they probably didn't even need the music. He could have just had his watch alarm go off. Not dragon would be like, oh, shit. <laughs> oh, I don't, you're pathetic human, so oh fuck you got music put put that on snooze
0: (laughs) (laughs) jasmine drops a shoe augie tells her that he may be a chicken but he's smart and he gives a smug smile as he adjusts his glasses and then the two kids hug they run back upstairs to that water room and all the kids are still there there's just goo and broken eggshells everywhere and the kids look to be out of their days they run up to kit who asks what happened where are we Augie tells them to wait outside and that we'll take you up the stairs. All the nameless kids walk past as Augie picks up an eggshell saying, I guess when we got the mother, we got them all. And Marie now walks by and says, this is like a dream. And Jasmine agrees, tells her she's not going to be having any more nightmares. The kids then make their way uh, presumably back upstairs and out of this fucking school. The camera looks over at one egg that's just chilling in the middle of the room. It starts to move and break as if it's hatching. And that's the end of the episode. So, I have a problem here. These enemies are destroyed by something that is exceptionally common in everything that is not this school. So them having, like, free reign over the world would not happen at all.
1: (laughs) No. No, it's like the aliens and signs. It's like the aliens and Mars attacks. So if their if their plan goes well and they all the eggs hatch and they start taking over the school and then they're like all right, first the school, now the world. They go outside and like car horns start yeah. beeping and birds start chirping and they're like Ugh. and then they're all we dead. Come from a completely silent planet. <laughs> they did not think this through
0: very well. Not at all. Back at the Midnight Society, David tells us the end, or is it? And Kristen smiles. Gary tells the kids the meeting's over, but be sure to go straight home, guys. And Frank picks up the water bucket, asking why. And he hands it to Gary, and Gary's like, because tonight is a school night. And the kids give him a pity laugh, and the episode's over.
1: (laughs) So it's a school night.
0: Whatever. Yeah, you would think that the parents wouldn't allow them to meet at midnight on a school night, but
1: hey, whatever. Why did the eggs explode? I can't even answer that, man. Are they telepathically linked to the mother? Apparently so.
0: Except for one. That's all I need to know. And then somebody's going to look at that. Somebody's going to look at that egg. They're going to scream in a high-pitched scream, and the egg (laughs) is going to explode anyway. It's done. I liked the episode. I had a good time watching it. But I can totally see the parallels between this and the sorcerer's apprentice now. Oh, it's so it's so sorcerer's apprentice. These guys have been harvest like they've been watching over these eggs for one hundred years and then they they take over some school students for a minute, a day, just like Goth, and their plan is thwarted by something simple. They're like you're
1: pathetic, you but so-
0: Oh, fuck, is that music? No! Your pathetic
1: human sound can't work on me? <laughs> oh, wait, is that decibels? <laughs> Not quite as funny as Goth. I
0: like Goth a lot more, but...
1: Goth is the MVP. Yeah, he's the best.
0: That's why one of our Patreon tiers is named after Goth. <laughs> <sighs> but that was the episode. Um, yeah. The Tale of the Hatching? Man, eh, we can come up with fan. a better name than that one. Like, I don't know. The Tale of the Sorcerer's Apprentice? The
1: Tale of the Tasty
0: Sponge? Ugh. The Tale of the Damaging Decibels? The Tale of the Gack Attack? Oh, God. That's a good one.
1: Tale of the Bad Boarding School? <laughs> That's all boarding schools, apparently.
0: <laughs> I wonder if there's ever Even been Even in a Harry good Potter,
1: one. they're all getting attacked by trolls and... Dude, I would get I would take getting attacked
0: by a troll if I could learn magic though. That'd be amazing. Eh. That'd be dope. What do you mean? At the eh? end of the day, what are you talking about? What do you really
1: do with magic? What do you do with magic? Everything. Like what? Like what right does now, Harry Potter do with his magic?
0: I'm sitting in my chair right now. I could just mm-hmm. be like "Accio anything" and then it would instantly come to me. I could be telepathic. I could do anything. I could kill you, Brandon. Flippendo. <laughs> Flipendo. I wonder if they even used that in the books Or if it was just in that one game Flipendo. The answer to that Brandon is you could do anything And everything with magic Just because you didn't read the books doesn't mean That there aren't amazing magic spells That you just don't know about
1: Harry Potter didn't invent magic
0: I know I don't that. want any magic I understand that So what? You, who invented magic then? Brandon? Shandu? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yes. So, you know, I talked about how this is like Mars. Have you seen Mars Attacks? Yeah, of course. Do you think that this uh, Mars Attacks was inspired by this episode?
1: I think Mars Attacks was inspired by Mars Attacks.
0: Was that a remake then?
1: I think it's based on something. Oh, it's
0: probably based off of this this
1: episode. Oh, yeah, probably. That's what it is. Yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, Anyway, are there any other uh, names we could give this episode? Probably not. Uh, no. We're done here. Yeah. Well, Brandon, the next episode is the season finale for season two. Not ready. I know. Are you ready for the name of it, though?
1: Is it a good one?
0: I'll let you be the judge.
1: So the okay. next episode,
0: Brandon, is called The Tale. Are you ready for this? Yeah. Of Old Man Cochrane.
1: No, it's not. <laughs>
0: Yes it is
1: What is it really called The Tale
0: of Old Man Cochran
1: Seriously Yes Who do you think is going to tell us this shit Oh my This is Kristen
0: You think it's Kristen
1: Kristen's going to get four
0: yes. episodes this season
1: Yes <laughs> God damn it Kristen
0: <laughs> So What do you think the tale of Old Man Cochran Is going to be about
1: It's about an old man he sits in the park feeding ducks. He enjoys tea. He wishes his kids called more. I don't know.
0: Oh my god! I don't even. I don't. I don't remember a single thing about this episode. So that's might be a uh, old man Cochran
1: <laughs> I can already think of better names for this episode, and I haven't even seen it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well maybe we'll get surprised and it's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. Maybe. Maybe. I mean it's the season finale. They save the best for last, don't they? I mean That's how Yeah, works, sure. Right? Let's we'll see. Oh my god. Alright, Brandon, well Fuck. I'm tired. I've been up all night. Next week we gotta <sighs> re- re- Watch a story about an old man. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It's probably going to be the most exciting episode yet. Old man. It's going to be like Jake and the Leprechaun, but old man. Jake and the old man.
1: Jake <laughs> and the old man.
0: <laughs> oh, but I've been up all night, Brandon. I'm going to go to bed. Oh, I'm so sleepy. All right. I haven't had a day off in forever. See you next week. You got it, man. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. If we can uh... ah, ah, ah!